over Broadway. Yet again, producer Mitch using the music to passive aggressively cut us off while we're having a conversation to attack us in our own home. It's so rude. The computer, especially this this being our first recording back from our little vacay. Yeah. It didn't feel like a break because we're very smart and we scheduled all of our things to come out on a timely schedule. But um, we did yeah. take a little bit of a baby break after the Anthony's. Turns yeah. out, producing a 38 minute show is exhausting and requires a lot of work. It requires so much work. Turns out if you're not just riffing uh, and spewing bullshit, then it's hard. I don't know. When you put effort into something, like, I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know if you've like read a blog or something like listened yeah. to a, a tweet or something that um, when you put effort into something, it's actually quite tiring. <laughs> <laughs> and you need a break afterward. Thank you. You need uh, to take a little snooze. Yes. Okay. So we're back, 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 back again. Oh, first, Connor, any biz? Oh, you know, we never have. Any <laughs> we biz. never have biz these days. And it seems like we won't till 2021. So, oh, honestly. I mean, it's at so, the, I'm honestly, uh, if you're drinking at home, if you're having a, a little morning white claw or whatever have you yeah. uh pour one out for broadway which truly yeah. won't come back until 2023 yes exactly crack open a frosty one at 6 a.m when this po- this episode releases i yeah. assume you all listen on at 6 a.m exactly yeah. um i mean i do yeah i wake up sure. morning fresh faced and dewy and i set so my alarm ready. to be this podcast can you yeah. still do that i know you could like how you could set an alarm clock to wake you up with the radio you should be allowed to do that. Oh, you used to be able to. I don't know if you can do that with your phone. Probably not. Just another reason alarm clocks are better, which I've been Listen. saying for years. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg or whoever <laughs> invented the iPhone. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for disrupting the clock industry. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'll tell clocks you what industry didn't need disruption. Clocks. <laughs> We were telling time perfectly. We were doing really good with sundials and then machines came along. Had to have their cogs and wheels everywhere. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. I hate it and I, I hate yearn them. for the days of the sundial. I what is there? There's like <laughs> there's something that I constantly think about. It's in something. Maybe Hercules, where like at one point somebody's trying to tell yeah, the it's time Hercules. and they look at their Watch, watch which is a sundial but it's a it's a mini sundial yeah. i think about that image like once <laughs> or twice a week <laughs> just regularly looking at your sundial wrist <laughs> yeah it's very funny to me yeah it is very funny yes that's a thousand percent hercules they've got okay. some very good old sight gags in hercules oh yeah no, damn hercules they should make that like, a musical <laughs> oh and you know who should play hercules cheyenne, cheyenne jackson, jackson. <laughs> <laughs> End of list. That's End it. End of list. Enough. Enough. We've said it. That's the, that's the biz. <laughs> I don't want to have to say it again. <laughs> Just Mitch, clip this part of me saying that so I can push a button and then it says it for me. 
And I don't yeah, have to exactly. keep saying <laughs> to all the people who are asking me constantly running up to me on the street, grabbing me by the front of the coat and oh, yeah. shaking me very violently and yelling, who should play Hercules on Broadway? I imagine this happens to you a lot. Regu- all the time, Connor. It's unceasing, <laughs> unceasing the amount of people coming up and shaking me, demanding me to know. I feel like you might need to live in a different neighborhood. <laughs> You're right. I should move. I'm yeah. the problem. <laughs> The problem is me. It's my fault for wearing a jacket that says, ask me who I think should play Hercules on Broadway. But it's a good jacket and I refuse to put it in the closet. It is so hard to find good jackets it's, these days. I, you just you simply can't throw that away. What, am I not going to wear this really good jacket I have just because it happens to have an annoying question on the back? No. Exactly. I'm busy. Thank you. No. Thank you. <laughs> it's I called, don't have time to go sew myself a jacket. That's right. It's called reduce, reuse, recycle. Three R's. Exactly. Arithmetic. We are very busy trying to make rent in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I feel we've gotten off topic. <laughs> Somehow we've strayed. So let's get into this week's musical, another in our deep cut series inspired yes. by our last episode where I mentioned uh, going to the Muni to see Brigadoon with yeah, my grandmother. Brigadoon. So we're talking about Brigadoon. Um, so a crazy, I, crazy show. <laughs> a crazy show. When I first, I've never, I had never actually seen this show before mm-hmm. we, um, and I watched the movie with Gene Kelly. Okay. Um, uh, before like hearing the music or anything, for some reason, I thought this show was about a boat. <laughs> <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> you know what? I get that actually. I thought it was about because, bridges. Like, so I, because I like Brigadoon in my brain, I hear Brigadier. Okay, is that and a ship? Isn't a, I thought it was isn't a person. A brig- isn't a Brigadier like a per- a boat person? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a boat person. Maybe. I don't oh, never know. mind. A brigadier is a rank of officer in the British Army. Say, I thought that was just like an army person, but maybe yeah. it's naval. No, it's fully army. It's fully army. It's, it's ground game. Okay. So what happens is that. So what happened um, is your brain's stupid. Listen, I already found this out a while ago that people like me better when I'm dumb. So I will now be pivoting to a himbo. Pivoting to dumb. Um, we'll see that this trend will tragically cut uh, the number of Connors in <laughs> your social media feeds across America. That's a bad pivoting to video joke. Mitch, please cut that. (laughs) A terrible, terrible joke. All right. Especially, I feel like, uh, a few years too late. (laughs) Don't you guys remember when everyone was pivoting to video and that failed so bad? Thanks a lot, Mark Zuckerberg. And that uh, that one actually is his fault. That one is his fault. And that one we can blame on him. (laughs) I Yeah, we absolutely can. Ask me about Mark Zuckerberg and how much he sucks. <laughs> so, Brigadoon, to recap, not about jokes is uh, not about jokes, not about boats. <laughs> boats. Not about boats is, however, about a Scottish town that is magicked into being once every 100 years. Um, because what we like is a simple plot. We love simplicity <laughs> here at Best in the how can we raise the stakes on this musical? Well, what if uh, the woman that he loves disappears for a hundred years? Perfect. To do more blow. Great. Let's go with it. Let's go with All it. right. 
Connor, um, let's just dive right in. Hit us with some facts and feeds. Facts and feeds. Amazing. <laughs> so Brigitte Dune has music written <laughs> by Frederick Lowe with book and lyrics by Alan J. Lerner or Lerner and Lowe. <laughs> but I like that you <laughs> put Lowe first. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Give him some credit. He's been in the back for a long time. He's been in the back, you know, and I just, I wanted to switch it up. And uh, we've been doing the same thing for so many months <laughs> that, you know, just got to throw in a little wrench every now and then. That's right. This musical's production history is fucking bananas. <laughs> just because it's been revived and performed so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original production appeared on Broadway in 1947 and ran for 581 performances. It went to the West End in 1949 600, for 685 performances. And I'm sort of skipping a bunch of other productions <laughs> as well because of the very long history. The first Broadway revival was in 1957 and it ran for 24 performances. And the second Broadway revival was in 1963 and it ran for 16 performances. Both of those were put up by the New York City Center, which fucking loves this show. (laughs) Butts in seats, baby, for the New York City Center. The New York City Center has like revived the show at least three or four times. Actually, I think that every single time it has been revived, for Broadway, it has in some way been connected to the New York City Center. They love Except it. for the 1980 revival, which is the third one. So it was, so the New York City Center had to do the two revivals in 57 and 63. Then in 1980, it was revived and uh, ran for 133 performances. It was performed by the New York City Opera in 86 and 91. There was a major, like, complete revival with like retooling of the script done in Chicago in 2014. And then New York city center again did a stage concert in 2017. There is a film adaptation starring Gene Kelly that um, was in 1950 made in 1954. And then there was also a TV film adaptation starring Robert Goulet uh, in 1966. Amazing. The award. Yeah, it, like wild. Uh, some star power behind those adaptations. Uh, the awards were a little bit harder to track down because they didn't really list them. But uh, as far as I can tell, the original production got one nomination and one win for the choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, the 63 revival or the, yeah, the 63 revival got three or four nominations and zero wins. It depends because they were nominated for something called what was the one best conductor and musical director. And I don't hmm. know that award doesn't exist anymore. So I don't know if that's two separate awards or one award. Got it. All my many awards are also hard to track down. It's hard to keep of track of them. There are so many. And so I understand Brigadoon <laughs> and I shared this problem. Of course. And then the 81, to, uh, the 81 or the 80 revival um got two nominations and zero wins. Nice. Um and then as Merrill said, Brigadoon tells the story of two American tourists who find Brigadoon, a mysterious Scottish village that appears one day every 100 years. 
One of the tourists falls in love with a young woman from the village. Mm-hmm. And that's Brigadoon, baby. <laughs> All right. Time to man and share this. <laughs> <laughs> that's, it. That, that's the whole podcast. We're done. We're done. We explained it. Isn't, what this, more do you want? Jokes? Honestly. <laughs> what the fuck? You come here for content? <laughs> On this? A Wednesday evening? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Um. I, this reminds me, like, there's something so uh, formulaic about golden age musicals. Yeah. As it falls so like this. The original algorithm. Yeah. The original <laughs> algorithm, if you will. Like it feels so similar, even though it, it's telling a slightly different story mm-hmm. to state fair. Yes. Like I would say, I would argue that state fair made me, gave me more of the serotonin rush sure. that I was in more than Brigadoon sure. did. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's very formulaic in the way that it tells the story. Yes, I agree. Obviously, there are several people who are affianced and not all of them end up married to their original fiancés. Someone dies. Yes. Yes, we're ticking all the boxes. Yet again, a Golden Age musical playing fast and loose with the term engaged. (laughs) Truly. It's very loose, this definition of engagement. It's like seeing someone very casually, I feel, with how lightly these anyone in these musicals treats being engaged. Honestly, like, it was, is this was this just happening all the time in the yeah. 40s and 50s where people would be like, Probably. well, I like we've been hanging out and like dating for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. So like we're going to get engaged, but like we'll put, we'll put the wedding off. And like sure. when we really feel like it, we'll just like get married. Yeah, I feel like it was less that we've been hanging out for a couple of weeks and more like, well, I'm about to be 19, a.k.a. a spinster. So pop a ring on it, baby. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I feel it's crazy. So for some reason, these two ding dong Americans are in Scotland, um, just checking out the sites, traveling as one is wont to do. Um, When they meet a person from the town. Hold on. I got to pull up the synopsis um, to remember. It has been a while. I did listen. uh, The version I listened to was I listened to two. The one I listened to today was the 2017 Patrick Wilson, Kelly O'Hara City Center revival. Oh, I wasn't able to find that one on Spotify. Yes, it's very trickily named. It's called Lerner and Lowe's Brigadoon. Interesting. See, tricky. Um, I ended up watching the... Oh, I found... I just found it. Uh, I ended up watching the Gene Kelly version. Okay. And as far as I can tell from reading the synopsis of the musical on Wikipedia, the Gene Kelly adapta- uh, adaptation is actually very faithful. Yes. I believe. I think that's true. It doesn't deviate from the plot, except mm-hmm. for they cut out some of like the some side plot stuff that doesn't really have anything to do with the show. Right. Just some uh, ad libs, some extra jokes. They like cut out some ad libs. Like a couple of characters get cut, but like, that's about it. Like they're not like major characters that are really influencing the plot. They're more like side characters that are there for comedic relief. Sure. And RIP to villager number two, we will miss you. We, we always stand for the villagers. (laughs) This show has, Many a villager number, <laughs> and 
honestly, at Bits Over Broadway, we love, we love a an ensemble. We love a village we love moment. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like, oh, I love this. They are coming back from the woods and uh-huh. they hear music coming from a village that's not on the map. Yeah. In the movie, they were like, they're they're doing like your classic golden age Hollywood, like we're lost mm-hmm. shtick. And they're like, well, it's over there. And uh, what's over there? And they're like, well, that's over there. And like, where are we? And nowhere. Okay, that's where we are. And like doing like <laughs> your stupid, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, then they see Brigadoon. Yeah, instead of thinking perhaps it's just a community gathering, they're like, that's a village. We know village music when we hear it, and it's uncharted. And we're going to go stick our noses where they don't belong and check out what's going on over there. Yeah, exactly. Well, if I know anything about white people. (laughs) Americans specifically. If I was wandering in the woods and I heard music coming from a place that wasn't on the map, I would assume trap and I would simply run. Thank you. What? Finally, somebody with some sense. Like, have you ever heard of mermaids? I'm sure something like that exists for the woods, nymphs or something. I don't know. I think. I surely would not go towards the music, the I unmarked would, if, area. If I were lost in the woods, I would simply read a map. Yeah. And follow it. And follow the map. <laughs> and then Just go home. Just go home. So basically what we're saying is that we are better than these two characters at the beginning of this. Correct. Uh, Instead, they decide to be nosy and thank God, because now there's a musical. Oh, thank God. Uh, Their first hint that something is not quite right is that everyone's dressed in traditional Scottish tartan. That's really funny that that is like the hint, because (laughs) I would assume that it would be um, the fact that they found this magical visit village i don't know it was the i it's thin really it's a thin excuse it's a thin excuse i really really liked in the movie the tartan like a lot of the guys had these like almost like skinny jean tights on that were made of plaid and i was like can i rip that (laughs) where can i get those i'd love can i buy those i'd love a pair I would uh, <laughs> love a pair. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, they run into Andrew McLaren and his daughters. Uh, they are there to purchase supplies for the younger daughter Jean's wedding to Charlie. I'm not even going to attempt this last name. Doesn't matter. It's um, Dalrymple. Dalrymple. Cool. Yeah. Great. Thank God someone watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but guess what? We're not even 10 minutes into this musical and already there's a love triangle. Um, Harry Beaton, the son of Archie Beaton, is madly in love with Jean and is depressed at the thought of her marrying someone else. Uh, even though someone else loves him, he just can't, he's yeah. can't take solace in the fact that he is loved by another. This, this is the this wrong dude- one sucked so much he was the like one of my least favorite characters my other least favorite character is um gene kelly's like best friend Mm -hmm. jeff Mm -hmm. um in the movie he's supposed to be kind of this um comedic relief character he's supposed to be like the the comedy sidekick guy Mm -hmm. but the 
actor who was playing him made some really, in my opinion, he, I mean, he made choices and he stuck to those choices, but I would say that they were the wrong choices because it came across as Jeff being a complete and utter asshole. And mm-hmm. every joke he told was just him being an asshole. Mm. So I was like, wow, this character sucks. I really hate what him. What a terrible bit. I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> I don't want to watch this at all. I don't find this like it, it was an hour and 40 minute movie and i was like it feels like three hours because this character (laughs) sucks ass i wish he was dead i wish jeff had died i I do wish jeff had died (laughs) you're not jeff that's what i have to say about that Um, so i know that you hate lore but i feel like this is a musical that could use some lore (laughs) i love it i like that it's just like guess what uh we didn't fucking feel like modernity was for us so we put a spell on our village and and this is what happens now and i don't have to give a fuck about any of it i just go yes it is suspension of disbelief at its most like pure i just i show up they say guess what magic and i go "Mm mm-hmm yeah (laughs) you're right Fucking magic. Correct. Don't tell me anything else because I don't give a shit about it. I just, yes, you're right. Magic. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I can stand, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. I was just the entire time I was watching the movie, I was like, how the fuck does this work specifically? Like, are they dead for a hundred years and then they wake up and does like the they're time alive? inside the village feel like normal or right. is it one night? Yeah. And like, do they like do they go about their lives for every 100 years but they only see the outside world once every 100 like how does it work i need to know more but they do explain it but it doesn't happen until like the end of the movie mm-hmm. right well so, that's when you need to care right because that's when gene kelly is like well, i want to stay yeah i want to stay so that's let happened. me know how this works i didn't care before but now i do cuz it affects now me now i do exactly and that is on being a cisgendered white man. It's <laughs> very funny, Connor. Uh, yes. So Harry, the whiner, is in yeah. love with Jean, who is engaged to be married to Charlie. But right. now there's another character in this uh, weird Venn diagram, uh, Maggie Anderson, who loves Harry. Uh, and right. he's like, I don't fucking care maggie i love gene how much more clear can i be i simply could not care less about you and gene is like and i'm getting married to charlie harry fuck off right so it's cool everyone hates each other (laughs) it's really really fun when um you discover that love triangles particularly unnecessary love triangles Mm -hmm. have been a part of american storytelling for time immemorial. <laughs> That's because nothing is sadder than unrequited love, but nothing feels better than requited love. That is correct. The only way to get both of those is a triangle. It's true love triangle. And that's on geometry. <laughs> I assume. Because I famously know. triangles have, say it with me, three sides. sides. Wow, we did guess. We did it at the same time. We did it. We've achieved groupthink. Congrats. Oh my god, finally. Um, so then after uh while they're getting ready for the wedding, um, someone's like, Hey, Jean's older sister Fiona, oh, why are you so old and unmarried? 
Your sister's getting married, and yet you remain unwed. How do you feel about that, Fee? You want to tell us? <laughs> and what, what do you think? What's going on? What are your thoughts on that? Are you like? Are you like? Do you like want to have cats, or like, <laughs> do you really like astrology, or like not getting any younger, Fiona? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's a rude thing to say to someone, uh, especially on the eve of their sister's wedding. Oh, fully. And she's like, guess what? I'm waiting for true love. And all the old ladies in the village rolled their eyes. Largely. <laughs> this scene, this scene with her like singing Waiting for My Deary yeah. in the movie takes place in the like their kitchen and all of the women are there and at first i didn't know who all these women were Mm -hmm. and they're largely just ensemble characters but i thought that they were all her sisters (laughs) it's like this family has 12 women like 12 daughters (laughs) it's too many maybe if they were irish but not i mean scottish (laughs) are there catholics in scotland i don't know where are the Catholics? I would like the to Catholics know. are definitely in Ireland. There was a whole thing about right. it. It was like a thing. I feel like that joke came off as though I'm trying to say that Irish people have a lot of children, but I'm trying to make fun of Catholics, do. which I'm legally allowed to do because I am Catholic. Because you are Catholic, and I am also Catholic, and I am Irish, so I can also make fun of the fact that Irish people have a lot of. So, my family is <laughs> my family is fucking huge, you guys. So don't fucking try don't canceling us. <laughs> Shout out to big families. Um, Oh, I also like that Fiona is singing a song about waiting for her true love when she lives in a village that only appears once every 100 years. Who who's going to show up, Fiona? Who? Who? Who Who? are you waiting for? No one's allowed to come to your village. It's not on a map. You're never going to find that person. Who are you waiting for? There are people in the village. (laughs) All those people in the village who are with you. Those, those are your that's options. Cool. That's, that's your the dating option. pool. Yes. Thank you, Connor. It's a sight. It's insane. And I'm sure all the old ladies think that she's crazy. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, who are you waiting for? You stupid bitch. <laughs> you dummy. And also you're ugly. Yeah. She's not, but let's pretend. She's not, but we'll pretend because it makes us feel better. <laughs> that's right. So Tommy and Jeff, Nosy Nellies, just stroll on into the village and they're like, what's all this then? <laughs> What the fuck? They say it exactly like that, too. <laughs> What's all this then? And they hold up their Bro. map. They're just shaking it. Explain it. Like, hello. Excuse me. <laughs> you don't You're exist. Not <laughs> You're not here. Uh, so they just, I assume, start knocking on doors, brandishing a map at people until someone answers. And they're like, Whoa. I think they go to like the market. So part of like part of the beginning song mm-hmm. is when they're singing like Brigadoon, Brigadoon. <laughs> it's also a market song yes. um, it's where everyone is saying, come to the market. This is what I'm selling. And which I, I fucking love a market song. Love Put us on record. We love market songs. <laughs> Absolutely. There's like a woman singing about the milk that she's selling one guy talks about like the tartan that he has it's amazing i love it we love it so like they the tommy and jeff like stumble into the market and they are just like everyone sees their weird clothing and they all kind of like start freaking out and then tommy and jeff notices their weird clothing and they're like where are we we? or when (laughs) 
aren't famous famously there weren't ren fairs when brigadoon was written so they couldn't no. have made that mistake because i would just look for the giant turkey drumstick stand and go oh yeah we're at a ren fair god i want a giant turkey d- drumstick right now i want a wax dipped rose that's what i mm. want <laughs> I know I can't eat that, but I want it. But it's shiny, and it looks like maybe I could. Yeah, I could stick that in my mouth. Um, <laughs> Listen, anything is edible at least once. That's, that's true. Uh, if you can chew it, you can uh, put it in you. You can definitely swallow it. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> you can definitely swallow it. Yeah. Um, so then they knock on a door, and Archie, again, the dad of all these people, of course. Is like, well, you're in Brigadoon, you ding-dongs. Come on in for dinner, <clears throat> as we all do. We all, when a stranger knocks on our door and says, where are we? We say, why don't you have some soup? Why don't you come in? Me and the fam, me and my many, many unmarried daughters yeah, all are 12 all of them. sitting down to the table our long t- wooden table t- to just eat a bowl of thin soup. Would you like to join us? That's how I picture this. And yeah, no, I, you're, you've, nailed, you've nailed it. And the guys are like, a thousand percent. We would actually love yeah, that. <laughs> absolutely. I, I, thin soup with like a little hint of beef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sounds great. I love hint of beef. Thank you. That's my favorite band. Um, <laughs> so then, oh, sorry. <laughs> Fiona, famously waiting for her dairy, is like, why don't you guys come in and have some thin soup? Uh, and just like chill and take a rest here. And I'm definitely not going to try and uh snatch it either of you no i'm waiting for my soulmate he'll come later someone else will discover this town that's been hidden in the highland mist every 100 years so don't even like stress about it i'm not even into you like that just why would i be into you (laughs) i've already expressed that i'm very interested in all these other men who are in my dating pool yeah Um, and then immediately some horny bitch is like, Jeff, let's do it in the alley. And Jeff is like, yes. (laughs) It's actually a really, really weird scene because the woman is so, and it's not weird because she has sexuality. It's like the way that it's written. Uh It's, I feel like it's written in a very male gazy way Uh where it's like, she is being so forward in a way that would excite the men in the audience Mm -hmm. and it like felt it made me feel a little uncomfortable (laughs) um so yeah it's a really weird moment that that girl and jeff and like jeff just like really isn't into it he's just being an asshole the entire time and honestly fuck jeff i mean and let's hear it all together now fuck Fuck jeff He sucks. Um, and he's a murderer. So then <laughs> Charlie, the uh soon to be bridegroom, shows yes. up and he's like, Guess what, guys? I'm getting married. Let's party. This is the original bachelor party. This is. And it's actually really funny because like in the movie, they this like scene happens right when Jeff and Tommy get into the town square and Charlie's just like there. And all these other people are like, well, we don't know these strangers, so they should leave. And then Charlie having said nary two words to them are like, no, they're invited to my wedding. (laughs) Charlie's like, guess what? Guests can come. Doesn't matter. Plus ones for everybody. Plus ones for strangers. Who gives a shit? Meg, you horny slut. You can come too. Um, 
And I love that. That's the kind of attitude you should have at a wedding. That is the kind of attitude you should have at a wedding. Everyone's invited. Nobody has to pay for anything. Just come and drink and have fun. And And that's honestly the best. This wedding, speaking of the wedding in the show, is Uh my ideal wedding. All right, go off. Because the scene, like literally the ceremony lasts for all of one minute (laughs) and then they just start like the party we love that again not not to harp on this but again as catholics uh love that (laughs) oh my god we're looking at an hour minimum here for a full mass (laughs) i love all of you i love all my cousins but like please stop doing a catholic stuff (laughs) Okay, so uh, Charlie has a drink with Tommy and toasts to a Mr. Forsyth, unknown to us at this point, uh, Uh who he thanks for postponing the miracle. Tommy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Fiona's like, shut, shut, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Not right. Enough. Um, and everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, she, she just leads him away. And Charlie's yeah. like, well, here's to one woman for the rest of my life. And uh, and then Fiona tells Tommy or Tommy tells Fiona that he's engaged, which seems like it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> right. She leads him off. She's like, don't talk about the miracle. And he's like, I'm engaged. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I Tommy? need to know. No, you don't understand. I need to know what the miracle is. I'm engaged. I'm like engaged. I could die at any moment. What if I tell my future wife? That's right. What will I tell her? Anyway, he's like, yeah, I've got a fiance, but she kind of sucks, and I actually don't even like her that much. <laughs> I don't even want to marry her, which is hilarious and, and horrible. Uh, she's in New York, and I don't even care about. I don't even care about her. Who's um, New York? I don't care. I don't care about never, that. Lady. I have never heard of Scotland her. Is where it's at. I've lived in the mists for a hundred years. Are you talking about New Amsterdam? They I'm actually kidding. make a New Amsterdam joke <laughs> in the movie. Of course it they do. Very, That's a very, very funny bad. joke. <laughs> it was actually very bad because Jeff said it. It oh, did not land. <laughs> it never does. Fuck Jeff. Fuck Jeff. Uh, fuck Jeff. This is an anti-Jeff podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Um <laughs> Uh, Fiona's like, okay, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. I'm here to listen and learn. I'm respectfully. I see you. Uh, I think it's actually pronounced learner and love. <laughs> <but yeah. laughs> um, but and like I hear you, but also I love you, and I'm really into you, and I think you're pretty freaking hot, right? Uh, which is cool. That's a good way to respond to someone who's like, I have a partner, and you're like, have you thought about? What if I was your partner? <laughs> Hear me out. Normal behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Hear me out. What if we got engaged instead? <laughs> I hear like, you. I yeah, hear that's you. Great. <laughs> what if it was me though? What if you took the ring back from her and you gave it to me though? What if you gave it to me? And Tommy's like, honestly, yeah, I fuck with that. He's like, it's a good thought experiment. I'll think on it. I'll have a think. I'll, I'll have a think on it. Um, right. Wild. Not even going to write Jane a letter or call her or anything. He's just like, you know what? I like this lady with the thin soup. I I can fuck with this. To be fair, it is Brigadoon. They don't have phones. <laughs> they don't. They simply don't have the technology to contact New York. Do you think they have iPhones in Brigadoon? I bet the fuck they don't. <laughs> can you imagine 
waking up every 100 years and you just still have the same technology and the same problems mm-hmm. from 1754. <laughs> yeah. Like literally that's when Fiona is born in 1754. Like you, Ooh. you, you, ne- your entire village could be walked, wiped out by smallpox. Like I don't, we don't have time. You weren't part of the SEP. You you could die at any moment. And now there's more viruses to worry about. And now there's more viruses. You're do you fucked. Think, do you think that every time the village reappears, like everyone reups their inoculations? Like, is it how? Never mind. This is why we don't get into lore because there's too many questions. Because there's too many questions, and also we don't know if they're anti-vax. <laughs> Brigadoon is anti-vax, <laughs> but only because they don't have the science there. It's not because they know what autism is. It's because it's because they just don't know. They don't understand why you're stabbing them with a sharp exactly. a needle. They don't fully understand what a vaccine is yeah, yeah. because they simply do not have the technology. They, they still live in stone houses. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And Tommy's like, I could do that. Um, I could live here. So she's like, <laughs> I she's like, Tommy, I, I freaking love you, bro. And he's like, you know what? Because you like me so much, I insist that we go get flowers for this wedding together. Let's just go gather some Heather. And so they do and they sing a song about it. And this, guess what, is them falling in love. Uh, meanwhile, horny Meg from before, remember? Meg the slut. Um, she takes Jeff to her fuck house in the forest. That's just a shack and a cot. And she said, guess what, buddy? It's time to do it. And he's like, no, thanks. <laughs> I'm pretty bushed, Meg. I'm pretty tired. He does. He, yeah. The entire scene in the shed is buck fucking wild yeah of course like one of the one i wrote down two of the lines that made me truly question why i was watching this um (laughs) and it was meg says my mom and dad met in this shed and then jeff goes well we all make mistakes jeff oh fuck jeff once again say it with me fuck jeff Jeff. he's (laughs) he's literally the worst person um apart from harry who's the gloomiest bitch on the planet sure but my argument is that we every golden age musical needs a gloomy bitch of to course. balance the humors, if you will. Yeah, um, you have to balance the humors. Don't get your humors out of balance. <laughs> you, you have to have the balance because you can't have too much serotonin. That's right. Because that's bad. It's I think not good. Too much. If of I know it? anything, if I know anything about the chemistry of the brain, which is nothing, mm-hmm. I can tell you that too much serotonin for you is, is a bad, bad. thing. Uh, yeah, I, a little bit of depression. I like that Meg inherited her fuck hut. I like that she was <laughs> yeah. like my parents' parents, their parents before that. This was all of our little horny house in the woods. <laughs> I would honestly love a little fuck hut. <laughs> we world. all would, Connor. We all want a fuck hut, but we this is a, a fuck this hut. is America in 2020, not Brigadoon in 1754. <laughs> And also, what are the boundaries? We can't get into this. Uh, oh my god! What Actually, are the boundaries of the about the boundaries. <laughs> they should put it in a song so I could know what the boundaries were. That is true. They have. There's a little scene where uh, Fiona's dad puts a map up in the middle of the town and says, "These are the boundaries. You cannot pass up." You like, cannot. Do <laughs> uh, also, I like that after Jeff says no in the fuck hut, Meg is like. 
he's like, I got to sleep. And she's like, okay, go ahead. And he goes to sleep and she just lays there and is like, God damn, my life sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks to be so horny and so unfucked in the fuck hut. That's Uh, tough. That is honestly cruel. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Meg the slut. We feel bad for her. For We do feel bad for her. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, back at the ranch, um, Meanwhile, <laughs> which is the McLarens, Jean's friends help her pack up her things to move into Charlie's home because she ha- she doesn't live there right now. She's his property now. Imagine packing a suitcase. I mean, I know it's not crazy. I know it's not crazy. But I just think about like getting ready for your wedding. You're like, oh, also, I can't forget to pack a suitcase to take with me because not for like your honeymoon, like I'm moving in. <laughs> so I have to bring my suitcase too. Where do you think it stays? Like in the bridal suite? <laughs> I, just, I like imagining like, okay, I brought, I brought my stuff. <laughs> you like carry your suitcase into your house. It's funny to me. Just in a just wedding like, gown with like a bag. <laughs> a pulling duffel. up to the like bridal like hotel or something like that mm-hmm. with also a U-Haul. Of course. Because you have all of your, your furniture <laughs> tying, and shit. Tying to cans to the back of my U-Haul just married. <laughs> oh, wait. I think we just described a lesbian wedding. We did. A thousand percent. One thousand percent. Um. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready to go. I have my suitcase packed. Time to go to my husband's. Um, It's not weird. I understand that most, not most people, but many people don't live together before they get married. But it makes me laugh to think about packing up a suitcase the night before your wedding. Right. Just Uh, having to bring a suitcase with you to the wedding is very funny. That's right. Charlie arrives at the home to do the thing we all have to do before we get married, which is sign the family Bible. A tradition we a tradition. all are familiar with. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think that's a Presbyterian thing. <laughs> Probably. I, I mean, what what pages do they write on? Surely it gets filled up. Are there just a bunch of blank pages at the beginning for writing on? I don't know. I haven't looked at a Bible in years. <laughs> a Bible? I haven't heard that in I haven't heard that name in years. 30 years. <laughs> um... Charlie shows up to sign the Bible and also to peep a a gleep at Jean. And everyone's like, Charlie, you fucking idiot. You can't look at her. It's bad luck. Peep a gleep is very, very funny. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, fuck your rules. Come out anyway. You would think that people who live in a town where they're like, if you fucking step so much as one goddamn toe over this line, we're all fucked. They would have more respect for rules. <laughs> like, right. Like, you can't see the bride on the wedding day. Charlie's like, I don't care. I respect all. I respect one rule. It's the rule of the dune. And anything else, fuck it. <laughs> it's the rule of the dune. <laughs> oh. Uh, and then he sings. He, he begs her to come out anyway and sings a song, which is what I'm going to do a mashup of. Come to me, bend to me, and can you guess the song? Uh, Rain on Me. <laughs> no, but classic. <laughs> Music of the night, because it sounds the same. Oh, okay. Just so the phrase where me- he says, come to me, bend to me, 
sure. that chunk right there, I always feel like she'd be like, duh, 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 duh. but it never is. It's just the rest of Brigadoon. I mean, I knew LALW plagiarized, but I mean, my God. Oh, I was going to say that Learner and Low plagiarized LALW. 40 years before he was born. 40 years before he was born. How could they do that to that man? Anyways, listen to that song several times today. And every time I'm like, it's music of the night. Uh, so I will be making that mashup DJ earworm yeah. style. Uh, like it's 2012. Yes. Please do. So be prepared for just check out my SoundCloud. Um, just kidding. My SoundCloud is this podcast. I'm excited to finally have a viral tweet have at some point in my life fingers crossed one day and to be able to reply drop in the replies uh check out my soundcloud and it just be a link to a musical theater podcast and everyone's like (laughs) fuck this and they all take back their likes and i'm canceled and then i'm free (laughs) i'm free you're free (laughs) oh i do yes i i wish that for you you're like you're like fully trying to pull a um uh, what Tina Fey's character does in uh, Good uh, Good News, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm trying to get canceled so that I can live the good life. Yeah, so that when you can I get retire my Twitter severance. Island. Yeah, when I get my Twitter severance, I'll finally be able to live the life of luxury I've always wanted to lead. <laughs> right. They don't tell you that, but when you get kicked off, you do get a severance pay package that is situation. When you get kicked off Twitter, that is. Yeah. Not oh. anywhere else. If you get canceled on YouTube or like yeah, Facebook too fucking or bad. like Twitter literally only. that like if that happens to you, like good fucking luck. Yeah. But yeah. if you're canceled on Twitter, then you get a severance package. Jack like, pays um, you directly. It's a whole thing. Yeah, he does. We don't have time to explain it right now, uh, but check out our other podcast uh, Twitter rules. So <laughs> so he <laughs> that sounds like a very bad <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Twitter rules. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like a bad podcast. And that's why we don't advertise it. <laughs> yeah, it's on our super secret channel. Uh, <laughs> like and subscribe. Uh, so Charlie is trying to phantom Jean out and see her. Uh, when Tommy yeah. and Fiona get back with their basket full of flowers. And Fiona's like, I guess I'll go get ready for the wedding now. <laughs> okay, good idea. Great. Um, sounds good. Sounds good. It's happening eminently, you bitch. Uh, Jeff arrives wearing a pair of Highland trousers because his own pants have been damaged by a, quote, thistle, which leads me to believe it wasn't a thistle, but I don't have any other context for why his pants are fucked up. Yeah, I can only imagine <laughs> that Meg the Slut stripped him again. Ripped him trying to get at him, pawing at him she like was, a badger. She was, she was just trying to get in there and she just wanted to dig around a little bit. Classic horny Meg. Went other. Digging around. <laughs> just rooting around down there. Um just rooting around. I will speaking of this insane southern accent I just did, uh the accents in the movie are so fucking bad. Of course they are no one can actually do a scottish accent because it's incomprehensible <laughs> exactly and and no the, one would understand like, what they were saying this is very very correct um at certain points people sounded french it sure. was just it was really really bad so all i have to say is yet again if you're gonna do a show with accents consider this 
don't. Don't. <laughs> Consider this. And that is a bits over Broadway piece of advice. Ding. <laughs> Thank you. Let's get a little drop in there. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> uh, so Jeff is like, don't ask me about my pants, bro. Why are you so happy? And Tommy's like, guess what? I, I'm in love. Um, and sings a, the most famous song from this musical, I would venture to say. Um, almost like being in love, which is a standard. Yes. Uh, the Great American Songbook, if you will. It, not my Great American Songbook. <laughs> well, if your Great American Songbook doesn't have rain on me, then who are we? What kind of songbook about? is it, honestly? Uh, Tommy is just minding his own business, flipping through Bibles and whatnot, yeah. um, and notices that all the events are listed as if they'd happened about 200 years earlier. Right. And he's like... What the fuck's going on here? But he doesn't ask anyone in the family. He, oh wait, he does. He asks Fiona and she's like, I can't tell you I'm a little busy right now. It is the day of my sister's wedding. And we were out all morning picking flowers. We're a little behind. Very stressed. Very stressed. (laughs) Tommy, a lot going on right now. Maybe take this somewhere else. (laughs) Fiona, you could have avoided this. (laughs) Can you take it outside? I'm busy. There's, right? Like we're doing something here, so could you? Okay. Like I would love, I would love to help you right now, but I am a little busy. I'm about to go sit in the chair and get my hair done. <laughs> I'm getting lashes. They're literally putting the lashes on me right now. They're the the glue is getting tacky. Can you please go? Can Can you please go? And we have to take pictures. Yeah. It's like I'm bu- I'm very busy. Yeah. And Tommy's like, okay. I asked Fiona, the next best person I can think to ask. Who distributes information? Teachers. Perfect. I'll go find that one. I'll go find the teacher in this town and I'll ask him because all teachers know all things about all towns. And that is just a fact. Oh, well, this is Fiona comes with him. What the fuck is going on? Okay. She has things to do. This woman needs to be put down. I'm tired of her (laughs) business. She's always fucking doing shit. Listen, she is very busy, but at the same time, she's very in love. (laughs) And what you have to understand is she is busy and in love. She's busy and in love. And honestly, if I know anything about modern dating, (laughs) that's having it all, baby, is being busy and being in love. That's feminism. That's why we march. Um, That's why we march. I I gotta say, if Fiona was my sister and it yeah. was my wedding day, I wouldn't be pleased. I'd be less than pleased. I'd be unpleased. So so my one of my questions, we never really fully understand Fiona's role in the wedding. I don't know if she is the maid of honor. I don't think there are roles. I think it's just kind of like everybody shows up. It's way less formal than it is now, I think. Yes. Probably a maid of honor is there, but it's not like hold the bouquet, fix the dress, do the veil. Like less business because there's not a photographer there (laughs) taking pictures of every moment. Um. So Fiona and Tommy and Jeff are like, let's go bother this school teacher. Um, And he's like, you've come to the right place. I've got plenty of time. I wasn't invited to this wedding and I'm happy to spill the beans. Um, And so he tells them that to protect Brigadoon from being changed 
by the outside world 200 years ago, the local minister prayed to God to have Brigadoon disappear only to reappear for one day every 100 years. All right. citizens of Brigadoon are forbidden to leave the town or it will disappear forever. Lot of rules God is setting down. So Mr. Forsyth was the minister. Mm-hmm. And a- according to the monologue that the teacher gives, it was witches in Scotland who were trying to get people to be pagans or practice sorcery Mm -hmm. and they were wicked women and they were trying to change the town so mr forsyth went outside the town and prayed it away and this is when we find out finally finally i get the lore that i'm craving (laughs) Uh, find out that so the way that it works is that brigadoon Every night they go to sleep, mm-hmm. they essentially wake up the next day and 100 years have passed. Mm. Okay. That's how so I would do it. If I was God me- and someone prayed to me and said, make my town go away for 100 years, that's how I would set it up also as well. Okay. Well, I love that for you. Yeah. You and God have a lot in common. Well, I don't want to say, say great minds think alike, but uh, I'm, saying. You know I'm saying great minds think alike. Clearly they do. <laughs> I'm just saying we're having the same ideas. It's true. And if I know anything from Ariana Grande, it's that God is a woman. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I like that Tommy is just like, okay, hypothetically, let's say there's a guy, right? Maybe this guy's name is Bommy, okay? And he falls in love with a lady, and her name is Briona. And he <laughs> wants to stay in the town. And he has a stupid, dumb, idiot girlfriend back in New York, and her name is Jean. Uh, or not Jane, Jane, Jane. Her real name is Jane. And she the sucks. The hypothetical name would be Jean. <laughs> no, he leaves it Jane because he hates her. Uh, <laughs> and let's say they fall in love picking flowers. Could Bommy stay here if Bommy wanted to? And Mr. Lundy's like, mm, interesting. I guess the rules of love supersede the rules of praying for your town to disappear. So... If you really love her, that's strong enough to stay, I guess. Yeah. It's like a really, it's really weird. I was, I, I was like, this contract with God that Mr. Forsyth creates is extremely specific. They hammered out the details. They, they were in fully, talks for they months. Sat down. They sat down. They were across the table from each mm-hmm. other. They said, Mr. Forsyth said, these are my demands. And mm-hmm. God said, well, these are my demands. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they essentially created a collective bargaining agreement, Correct. if you will. Yeah. Now say it with me. <laughs> Labor unions are important. <laughs> And Mr. Forsyth was right. And here's he was what, right. Here's what you know. You can join a union if you're in love. And that's the rules. That's the, that's the rules. There's a reason why labor unions and marriage unions both have the word union in it. <laughs> and it's... That's love, baby. And that's, and that's on love. Uh, Mr. Lundy replies, and we've got a direct quote here. Uh, a stranger can stay if he loves someone here, not just Brigadoon, mind ye. But someone in Brigadoon. You can't just be infatuated with the idea of a town that disappears every 100 years because surely the novelty will wear off. Uh, You have to love a person in it because the novelty will never wear off Uh, for a person. 
And you have to give up everything for them, which is how love should be. You have to sacrifice literally everything for that person. Notice there's no mention of a Mrs. Lundy. So Mm. I wonder Uh, what this teacher knows about love. (laughs) Uh, Okay. The group's like, thank you so much. Um, Tommy's like, thank you. I'll relay that information to my friend, Bommy. We actually do have to go. They check their sundial watches and the wedding is nigh. They're like, we... The, we gotta go. Um, simply must leave. So they just leave to go to the wedding. Uh, Mr. Lundy comes with them because he is Twist, the officiant in the wedding. And Mary's why the wedding lasts for all of one minute. He's like, you know what? Uh, before I go to this wedding, I'm just gonna really quick download Tommy and Jeff on the history of our town, et cetera, et cetera. It's not my fault. I run the historical society, and I'm the officiant in town. That's not my fault. There's not enough people for all the jobs that we have to do. We simply don't have time. If or someone the, comes the and asks me a historical question when they're getting married, it's not I have to answer the historical question. I have to. Right. Those, I, that's my job. That's the rules. <laughs> um, then they perform the traditional celebratory wedding dance. Sword dancers appear. Hmm which we love, led by Harry, and they perform an elaborate dance over their weapons. Um, all the towns join, all the town joins in the dance, but it abruptly halts when Harry gets a little too big for his britches and tries to kiss Jean, who is a freshly married woman. Oh, fresh. She's literally been married for less than 10 minutes. And Harry's trying to fucking make a move on this the day of her wedding on this the day of the wedding (laughs) why i this is why harry also sucks oh a thousand percent here's what i will say though gene screams which is hilarious and i'm but not trying to victim blame here but like maybe we don't need to scream like harry's out of pocket don't get me wrong but just be like whoa dude back off you don't have to scream Literally just having got married. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> is this toxic? Is this misogyny? Is this inter... Inter... It what's the word I'm trying to think? Internalized. <laughs> is this internalized misogyny? Cut this out. Um, I, think it may be. <clears throat> I just like the reading the scream. Everything comes to an abrupt halt when Jean screams. Yeah. Well, they're mid-jump over the swords. That's also a dangerous time for Harry to be pulling this shit. There's swords everywhere. Charlie could have stabbed him so easy. Oh, my God. They actually do pull swords on him at one point. They're like... As well, they should. They fully pull a knife on Harry. Good. Like Charlie does. He deserves it. Uh, And he's so upset that Jean screamed and got married. The very nerve. Uh, So he announces to everyone... (laughs) Normal behavior announces yeah. that he's leaving the town. Time to go. Nothing says love like threatening to horribly murder and destroy the families of those that you love when you don't get yeah, away. Absolutely. That's love. That's love, baby. Um, in parentheses on Wikipedia, it says he announces that he's leaving the town. Parentheses, which would end the miracle, causing Brigadoon to disappear forever into the Highland Mist. Close parentheses and sprints away. <laughs> Just a reminder: <laughs> if he leaves, they're fucked. Uh, thank you, Wiki. Um, thank you. And that is the act break. Yeah. 
we're like an hour and 30 minutes in. So let's take a quick break and we'll come right back. We're back. We're back. One day I'll find a way to be able to flick people's lights uh, halfway through the intermission music so that they know that we're getting ready to come back. So my question now is, how do you think the people of Brigadoon feel with not having an Alexa? Because again, they're living in stone huts. Yeah, They they don't even have electricity. They don't even know what electricity is. Imagine trying to explain the internet to Brigadoon. So here's the thing. (laughs) The internet. So, okay. So you know like what a tube is? Okay. It's like a The internet is just a bunch of tubes. Yeah. It's funny to try and explain the internet to anyone at any point. Tell me what the internet is. You can't. You don't know. You you can't. It's computers. It's hidden and it's a lie. (laughs) We have based our entire (laughs) fucking personalities for the past 20 years on being liked by strangers on the internet, and it's cool and good, and it's definitely a very smart choice that (laughs) we made. It's working for our society. 100%. When we last left Brigadoon, (laughs) Harry was threatening to murder everyone. Murder-suicide, honestly. because This guy sucks ass so much. He's like, my heart is broken and therefore you should all die i'll never love again and that's your fault idiots um okay he basically says that in the movie at at one point he somebody is like harry why do you hate everybody he's like well nobody loves me so (laughs) fuck all of you (laughs) maggie anderson's like i'm right here (laughs) (laughs) so Anyway, he's like, fuck you guys. I'm running away to the woods. And everyone's like, please don't um, come back. We are living human beings and you should respect us. Respect our life. Respect our lives. Stop Uh, forcing us to serve you in the middle of a pandemic. The men of the town are like, we've got this. And Tommy and Jeff are like, yeah, fine. We'll come too. Uh, Tommy obviously trying to show off and Jeff being like, ugh. Boy, well, you're my guy, I guess. I'll back you up. I guess I have to go with you. And they're Ugh. trying to find Harry before it's too late. Uh, and then suddenly there's a scream. And a screech. turns out Harry has fallen and smashed his head on a rock. He's dead. <laughs> He's dead. And the men find him dead. And then at this point, they're like, listen. We don't want to ruin the mood. He's not getting it's literally deader. just got married. It, like he's gonna still be dead tomorrow, just as dead as he is now. He's gonna be tomorrow. So let's just everybody be cool. We'll drag this guy's body to the barn. We'll tell people tomorrow. We'll tell them tomorrow. A hundred years from now, we won't care. It's fine. His it's, body will not have decomposed. It's fine because that time's different. And we made a deal with God, too, about that and we, also. And if you guys don't remember, we made a deal with God. So everything's fine. It's fine. I like to imagine that. <laughs> this is all been hammered apply, out in the collective bargaining agreement. Doesn't apply to dead people. So they go to bed and they wake up the next day, which is really 100 years from now. And there's just a skeleton in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't understand. This was Harry. 
we forgot that it's a hundred years and we forgot that Mr. Forsyth seated the dead people part in order to get uh a, like two more feet on the west side so right. unfortunately harry's rotted and we didn't get to bury him and now he's a, ske- a barn skeleton that's a sad barn. that's sad he's a barn he's a barn skeleton as opposed to a house skeleton <laughs> well, there's a difference and don't think there, there is. isn't and that's class <laughs> warfare baby <laughs> <laughs> the PMC house skeletons. <laughs> the bourgeoisie house skeletons are <laughs> are really oppressing the barn skeletons. They really are. Um, and this is why we march. So they're like, okay, it's fine. We're going to put him in the barn. Let's not talk about it. Fiona and her father show up just a second later. So I guess all the men in the town didn't include Fiona's dad. Whatever. Yeah. They were doing a daddy-daughter dance. There wasn't time. <laughs> they right were in the middle busy. of the father-daughter There was dance. still a wedding going on. <laughs> the, this people were still getting married. All the men left, and the women were just like, I guess we'll do the cha-cha side by ourselves. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, and, oh, my God. Could you imagine going to a wedding and they didn't have the cha-cha slide because it was still 1754? <laughs> yeah, welcome. It's my wedding. <laughs> no fucking cha-cha slides. No, Wait, can we, can we at least do the lot. Cupid Shuffle? No, no, no song dances. No, Why no, not? no step, no, no songs where they tell you how to dance. No, thank you. Um, Fiona and her father arrive just in time to see if everything is all right. Uh, and Mr. McLaren's like, OK, well, everything looks to be in order. I'll dip. Uh, then F- Tommy sees Fiona and they embrace. She's like, guess what? I love you um he's like guess what i love you too fuck jane we don't care about her Uh, let bommy have her Uh, goodbye forever um and there but for you go i is sung fiona reminds him that the end of the day is nigh and tommy tells her he wants to stay in brookadoon with her and they go to find mr lundy historian and officiant and officiant (laughs) Uh, meanwhile, well, because he says in the movie, he's like, because Mr. Forsyth. So the whole thing is that Mr. Forsyth wasn't allowed to be in the village. Mm-hmm. That was part of the he part of the collective CBA, bargaining sure. agreement mm-hmm. was that he prayed away. He, he prayed away the gay. <laughs> yeah, of course. He prayed away the village <laughs> and then he uh, was left rotting on a hill. Essentially. Now he's a, now he's a skeleton. He's a hill skeleton now. Now he's a hill skeleton. And the hill skeletons are in cahoots <laughs> with the house skeletons. Of course. Who do you think's looking out? The hill of skeletons. Of course. The hill skeleton. Um, back in the village, horny Meg, Meg the Slayer. Meanwhile. <laughs> tells about the day her parents were drunkenly married. Because uh, right. that's what you do when you're a horny slut. You just tell tales out of school about your dad and your mom. That's true. And the townsfolk are very entertained and they start dancing until the little Brigadoon signal rings. <laughs> and the gaiety is interrupted as Archie Beaton enters carrying Harry's body. That's Harry's dad. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, and I like to imagine that he does the, you know, at the end of Goblet of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the movie, when. That's my boy. He when po- when Cedric's dad is screaming, That's my, my son! boy! That's what I like to imagine happened. Yeah. That's so sad. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's what happens. And the Pipers play a sad funeral song, and Maggie, 
who loved Harry, but right. who and he didn't love her, is so sad and she performs a funeral dance for him, which is the correct way to mourn for your unrequited love, not running away to the woods to murder your family and theirs. Thank you. So Harry, take a note <laughs> from Maggie. From Maggie. She's doing it correctly. The men of Brigadoon help Archie to carry his son to a burial place so that he doesn't have to become a barn skeleton. <laughs> That's thoughtful of them. That's very thoughtful of them. Uh, Tommy finds Jeff and announces his intention to stay. Jeff thinks the idea is absurd and argues with Tommy until he has convinced him that Brigadoon is only a dream. This guy basically gas like Jeff gaslights Tommy essentially like I know I like we shouldn't be dropping the G word but it's gaslighting and it's wrong and Jeff is an abuser. Okay, well what? And I agree. And what makes me laugh is the next line in the wiki is Jeff also reveals that he tripped Harry and accidentally killed him. So not only is he gaslighting Tommy about the reality of the situation, he's also confessing to murder, but being like, but also it's a dream. And in that dream, I did murder someone on accident. But I think the it's it does happen a little bit differently in the movie. In the movie, um, Jeff goes with the men, but he brings his rifle that they had because they were hunting, and he just decides to get in a little night hunting. And he's drinking at the same time. He's like got a flask and he's drinking whiskey. And how he... else are you gonna night hunt? Exactly. I'm. Thank you. Somebody finally said it. <laughs> You're welcome. We've all been thinking it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he like takes a swig of whiskey and then a bird flies across the screen <laughs> mm-hmm. and lands in the same tree that Harry is hiding in. And Jeff raises his gun and shoots at the bird, but he actually shoots Harry. I uh, Dick Cheney'd him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shot him while he was night hunting. Yeah. You know, shot Drunk. him while he was night hunting in the face. <laughs> That's and then exactly what happened it. with Dick Cheney, yeah. I assume. Um, Fiona <laughs> and Mr. Lundy arrive and Tommy is fucking fl- flipping shit about Jeff confessing to be a murderer. Uh, oh my God, yeah. And he's like, I'm dealing with a lot right now, Fiona. I can't really like love you and also stay here. It's, this is a lot for me right now. My friend's a murderer. I'm very busy with this murder now. <laughs> we're both very busy. We're both very busy and we're in love. We have it all. Fiona's like, I get it. You're busy. I'm busy. We got a lot going on. I'll love you forever. Sure. Makes sense. Uh, Cut to four months later, Jeff is drinking heavily at a hotel bar in New York because, again, he murdered someone. He fully murdered a human being. Dealing with the emotional ramifications of that. And it's not like he can go to prison because there's no proof because the pe- these people are going to be dead for the next 100 years or however By it works. the time they find Harry, he'll be a skeleton. He'll be a skeleton yeah. in the ground. He'll be a ground skeleton. <laughs> a ground skeleton. The least of all skeletons. Or the best. There's a l- Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? The most Honestly, the hierarchy of skeletons is, is constantly changing. <laughs> Unknown to us. Um, Tommy. Who, for reasons unknown, has been living on a farm in New Hampshire. He's like, what's up, Jeff, my brother? I know you're really sad. Let's chat. I'm still in love with Fiona. That's why I've been living on this farm in New Hampshire. To get away from my stupid bitch fiance, Jane. (laughs) Who he's still engaged to. He's 
still engaged to Jane when they come back to society. It's fucking bananas. Even though he's like, I'm in love with another human being, but I have to, I, I have an engagement. You don't understand this. I have to honor that agreement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot I of money fully, on that ring. I spent a lot of money on that ring. And even though I've fully spent the entire musical, basically saying that engagements don't matter. I have to honor that agreement. <laughs> I agreed. We have to get married. So I have to marry this stupid bitch that I hate. And I do hate her. Um, his fiance, Jane Ashton, a beautiful socialite. So she's not only beautiful, but she's rich too. Uh, yes. talks to him about their impending wedding. So they've set a date at this point. They're talking details. This is fucked yes. up. Yes. But everything she says causes him to hear Fiona's voice in Dream of Brigadoon um, with t- two reprises. Jane talks for so long. We have two reprises, which is sad. Three, actually, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go home with Bonnie Jean reprise. Uh, oh, and from this day on, there's four oh my reprises. God, enough. Learner and Low were like, we have written enough. <laughs> we've <laughs> done is, enough. They were tired. They're like, we've done the work, and it shows in the work. So we will be we will reprising. Be Learner and Low, big same energy with that. <laughs> like, I got through the first half. Let's coast on this downhill we're gonna slope. we're gonna coast on the downhill and then yeah. we're gonna pull it into man and chair and we'll be done for <laughs> we'll the night be fine uh jane tommy's like guess what we can't get married he's like she's like but the wedding and he's like no um and then she- <laughs> i do have to i do have to say really quick the fucking scene where she is talking to him and he it's like he has nom flashbacks. Like, it's <laughs> fucking... And I know it's not actually funny because PTSD is a very bad thing. It's very... it's It really fucks with your mind. But, like, it's essentially PTSD for somebody who's fallen in love. Love PTSD. Every time she said something, Gene Kelly would just kind of, like, go, like, dead vacant. <laughs> and, like, his, like, eyes would just, like, drop to the ground. And then you would just hear Fiona singing in the background. It was... And- fucking hilarious That's to amazing. watch it was such it was easily the funniest scene in just, the entire movie and every time you're in every time your fiance speaks you disassociate <laughs> cool <laughs> that's a good relationship that sounds like a really good bedrock for a marriage cool um so then he can dreams about fiona some more couple more reprises jane leaves Tommy's like, well, now that that's taken care of, uh, time for me to go back to Scotland. <laughs> and Jeff, drunk as hell, is like, yeah, man, go off. Do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> Remember I'll, that I killed somebody? Yeah, I'll come with you, I guess, because the guy I killed is there. I'd like to check up on him. Um, <laughs> Make sure he's still dead. So so Tommy and Jeff go back to where they found Brigadoon. And as expected, there's nothing there. But just as they turn to leave, they hear the music again. And Mr. Lundy appears. Yeah. And says, oh, you must really love her. You woke me up. So apparently we can just disregard the collective bargaining agreement. God is pissed. (laughs) I'm pissed. I'm following the grievance. They had a specific no strike, no lockout agreement. (laughs) 
and they broke that. And Tommy's like, bye, Jeff. This is the second person who's going to disappear on you in Scotland that you're going to have to deal with. Hope, hope that's cool. Have a drink on me, buddy. And then he just disappears into the mist. And he and he goes to find Fiona. I, I hate to say it, but poor Jeff. This man, by the end of the show, <laughs> has just been through it. He starts off as he's he's meant to be this comedic character, and he just <laughs> eventually just becomes a full murderer and uh, absolutely abandoned in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> So while I stand by my assessment of fuck Jeff, um, I can still have a little You can empathize empathy. with Jeff. Yeah. Empathy with Jeff. That's true. All right. We love you, Jeff. And we're here for you if you need us. <laughs> Except for don't call us because I will never fucking talk Jeff, to you. Jeff, shut the fuck up. Jesus Christ. No, shut the fuck up, Jeff. Stop talking. Jeff, it was like- Nobody an- wants to hear your stupid fucking jokes. <laughs> it was like an offer to be nice. It wasn't like a real offer, Jeff. Right. I like it, it, it's like it's It's like the whole thing of like, uh, okay, sure, I'll see you on the sidewalk and be like, we should get coffee sometime. Yeah, ne- we both know no. we are never getting coffee. No, no. no. It's, it's a nice thing to say to you. Yeah. It fills the space, honestly. What am I going to say? See you never? Exactly. Exactly. Like, honestly, like, get fucked, Jeff. I hope I never see you again. In retrospect, we should have been saying that when we saw each other in Sidewalk. That that is correct. That's true. That's true. Uh, I don't know why I've kept up that facade for so long. (laughs) Never see you again. Bye. Uh, Connor, (laughs) ma'am and chair this for me. So I enjoyed the movie um i thought it was fun i really like um like golden age hollywood movies i really like golden age movie musicals um something that i thought while i was watching it is that like golden age movies shoot dance really well oh they're the they best. know how to shoot dance they don't do the fucking crazy cuts that we have these days they just have one camera watching the dancers and like you can see all of gene kelly's body and like that's how you should be (sighs) dance it's so perfect um so i really love getting to watch like new golden age movie musicals and that kind of thing Mm because it's a medium that i really really like this particular (laughs) show i wouldn't say that it stuck out enough for me to like really fall in love with it like i do with like singing in the rain or white christmas or something like that um honestly i probably couldn't like sing a song from this show Mm -hmm. off the top of my head um maybe like the one that sticks out the most is obviously almost like being in love Mm -hmm. and like the opening number with the brigadoon brigadoon like that kind of thing um I would I I think you should uh if you're looking for like something fun and like very low stakes to watch it's a good movie musical it's only an hour and 45 minutes so it's not too long um so yeah uh <laughs> that is my tepid assessment of the show I guess of Brigadoon Yeah yeah it's it's very tepid enjoyment um I enjoyed it but I wouldn't go I don't think I would go out of my way to watch it again for sure if that makes sense Yeah Meryl, man in chair. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't care about this musical. Um, the music is not that great. 
to me. I no. mean, it's fine. Obviously, there's a standard and yeah, there's nothing course. wrong with it. But again, we talked about this a little bit with the State Fair episode, but I think it holds true. For a lot of Golden Age musicals for me, it feels like some, well, I went to the theater and things certainly did happen. What? Who can say? And how? Exactly. I don't know. But they did and I felt something good, maybe. Yeah. So I do think that this show succeeds in that scenario listen it's a golden age musical do you like that you'll probably enjoy this do you not okay then go watch hamilton again on disney plus like i don't care um do whatever you want right this musical doesn't mean anything to me um (laughs) it's dead to me and i spit on it this to me this musical is a lowly barn skeleton and (laughs) i oh and I, uh, a beautiful house skeleton, I, sp- I spit on it. And I say, I say. You hear Ooh. that? You barn skeleton. <laughs> you barn skeleton of a show. I can't wait to start calling people barn skeletons and have them be confused. Fully <laughs> confused and not understanding it. At all. Um, at all. Connor, anything to plug? No, uh, I'm currently taking a small vacation from uh, creating anything at the moment, <laughs> apart from this podcast. So, uh, as usual, you can follow me across all platforms at CRLA12. Um, if I ever write again one day, <laughs> hopefully sometime soon, you'll be able to find it there. How about you, Meryl? Um, yeah, nothing to plug. You can follow and find this podcast at Bits Over B-Way across many platforms, bitsoverbway at gmail.com. Give us a listen. If you feel so inclined, you can rate and review us in the Apple uh, podcast store. Mostly just tell your friends about us um, if they're interested in musical theater podcasts. Uh, and that is all I have. All right. Bye. Isn't a brigadier like a per- a boat person? <laughs>